When I'm not hosting this podcast, I am writing books, but it is really hard for me to write when I'm at home, so I like to find remote cabins in the middle of nowhere to just hang out and write. But I hate the idea of my house just sitting empty, doing nothing but collecting dust and definitely not collecting checks. And that's why I'm an Airbnb host. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. Other popular side hustles are awesome too, don't get me wrong, but they often involve big startup costs. By hosting your space, you're monetizing what you already have access to. It doesn't get easier than that. And if you're new to the side hustle game and you're anxious about getting started, don't worry because you're not in this alone. Airbnb makes it super easy to host. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth a lot more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. I'm Nicole Lappin, the only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand. It's time for some money rehab. Pinky Cole wants your life to go up in flames, but not literally. Pinky is the owner of a restaurant chain called Slutty Vegan, but before that, she had a devastating grease fire that burned her first business to the ground. And you know what? She's glad it happened. Today, she shares advice for anyone who's wondering whether the challenge they're facing is insurmountable, the story behind how $17,000 of her wages was taken away, the unusual talent pool she's used for hiring, and if you're job searching, you don't want to miss that one, and a whole lot more. Here's my conversation with Pinky. Pinky Cole, welcome to Money Rehab. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I want to dive right into the first tip that you give in your new book, I Hope You Fail, which is get damn fire insurance. So you put this before even chapter one. This tip is so, so important because you did not get damn fire insurance and you lost your restaurant, Piggy's American and Jamaican restaurant to a grease fire. So first of all, can you paint the picture of your life right before the fire? This was pre-slutty vegan, of course. Absolutely. Okay. So for the people who don't know, I was a producer for The Maury Show. And I was there for almost three years. One of my friends told me that there was a restaurant that was available if I wanted to rent it out and sublet it from the previous owner. And I'm like, I don't know anything about the restaurant industry, but I'm like, okay, I'll do it because I'm going to take a challenge. So I started doing all of my research and I opened up Pinky's Jamaican and American restaurant. And mind you, I'm not a chef. I did not go to culinary school. I have no formal training in cooking. I have a lot of formal training in eating because I like to eat. You and me both. <laughs> but I just knew that entrepreneurship was something that I wanted to get into again. So I did it. I opened up my first restaurant and I'm talking about like eating, breathing, sleeping in that business. I wake up in the morning and I'm going to the restaurant. I'm serving, I'm cleaning, I'm cashiering, I'm doing everything. And to me at that time, I thought that that was success. So if you could imagine a 28 year old who is supposed to be at the bar and the clubs with her friends, right? And just an eligible bachelorette is stuck inside of a business, but also just really trying to make a name for herself. And at the time, you know, I did fairly well. But what I didn't realize is I was missing some of the core ingredients to have a successful establishment. And one of those things was having fire insurance. So there's two meanings to this in the book. There's a literal and a figurative. The literal meaning here is that I wasn't required at the time to get fire insurance. So I didn't do it. You know, sometimes when you buy something from the store and they're like, okay, do you want to get the warranty? You're like, well, I'm not paying $40 for the warranty. Yeah, and like, what's the possibility that something's going to happen? It's exactly. a waste of money. Right. Exactly. So that's what happened to me. And I didn't get the fire insurance because I was trying to cut a corner. But cutting that corner was the biggest lesson I ever learned in my life because one day I got the phone call from the fire department that my restaurant was on fire. 
So at the time I wasn't thinking about it. I'm like, okay, cool. I have insurance. I can figure it out. And I didn't have fire insurance. So I was not protected. And when I tell you that was like the biggest stinger to my core, because I'm like, okay, wait a minute. What do I do? Do I stick this out and have to pay all of these bills? Do I walk away and go into a whole bunch of debt? So it put me in a really tough position. But the biggest lesson that I learned is to make sure that you have your resources in order. Make sure that you have all the things that you need, because if you don't have what you need, the things that you really need will come back to bite you in the ass. And that's literally right. what happened to me. Because you don't expect that, obviously. You're no. not going into this business thinking, hmm, you know, here's a bunch of variables. You're thinking people aren't going to show up. Some other crazy shit's going to happen. But a grease fire? I'm sure that was like not in the top 100 variables you accounted for. It was not in my cards. But I want to tell you about the literal meaning of I hope you don't get fire insurance and I hope it catches fire because when you are an entrepreneur, you want to go through highs, you can go through lows. There are going to be happy moments where you got money in the bank and there are going to be moments that feels like your world is on fire, okay? Figurative fire. And when those things happen, you got to know how to navigate through those things. And because I've experienced it, now I know how to navigate through a fire. So fires aren't always bad. People think, when you see a speed bump or a hurdle, it's just like the world is over. It might feel like it's over, but that's really gearing you up for the best thing that ever happened to your life. And because of that, I was able to open up Slutty Vegan and now have a multi-million dollar company. Yeah, because there's not going to be a time where you don't get fire insurance again. And by the way, like if you had a fire now, like it could have been bigger and more devastating. So like you went through that and you got a bigger lesson. Yeah, I needed it to happen early because can you imagine having 13 locations no fire insurance, something happened at my business, God forbid somebody gets hurt, I'm done with. But I needed to earn that early lesson so that I could do things differently. And I'm glad it happened when it did. So you didn't have actual fire insurance, not because you didn't think it was a good idea at the time, but it wasn't required in the state of New York. Because of course, when it rains, it pours this fire, the actual literal fire also happened at a time when the state of New York garnished your wages, right? You had to pay back 17 grand. What was the story there? So this is a word to the wise for anybody listening to this. So after my restaurant caught on fire, I completely walked away from everything in the business. Now at the time, remember what I said in the beginning, I sublet it from the previous tenant. So the business was in transition. The building was in transition. So there were new owners anyway. So this was a perfect opportunity for them to get me out of the space, right? So I completely walked away from my business. Nobody told me that you had to like really go in there, call and shut down the business and let them know that you are no longer operating. So I moved on with my life and I thought that I was scot-free. But guess what was happening? Interest was still accruing. The sales and use tax that I needed to pay still needed to get paid. And it didn't get paid. I'm like, okay, the business is closed. so I don't owe it. Wrong. You still have to pay your debt and your obligations because that was sales that you were using in the business. So I went off to be a casting director. I'm doing good. I'm making $5,000 a week. Like I'm back. Like I'm coming back to myself. Like I'm being healed again. I'm on a healing show. I'm like, thank you, God, because I almost lost my goddamn mind. But when it came back and I was doing well, I woke up one morning and $17,000 was out of my account. Now, my first thought, I'm like, okay, a scammer done got me. Like who done got into my email? and took my bank account. And like, I was devastated because that was my first time really like building myself back up. And I was saving up my money and I was just about to get in the stocks and I was just doing so well. 
And then all of my money was taken. Now, I don't know if your wages have ever been garnished, but you know, you could pick up the phone and say, hey, give me my money back. It's not that simple, right? They will hold on to your money until you pay them their money. And I lost that $17,000. And that was a hard pill to swallow because what do you do when you owe somebody money and they take their money? You can't say, give it back. And then I'll pay you back in increments. They don't care. They want their money. And I realized then, one, I'm not playing with the state. One, I will not play with the IRS. I'm going to make sure that I have a good accountant to pay all my taxes, to do all my bookkeeping, to do everything that I need to do so that I'll never run into this problem. And here's another lesson that I learned through all of this. And you'll read about this in the book. I needed my wages to get garnished so that when I started a company like Slutty Vegan, I started with an accountant. I made $4 million my first year. And that wasn't even a full year. So can you imagine making $4 million and not paying yourselves a use tax? That'd have been screwed. But because I got an accountant in the very beginning, because of what happened to me previously, I knew that I got to do things differently so this doesn't happen again. And I'm so glad it happened early on because guess what? I paid $17,000 for tuition to be able to learn the lessons that I did. And now I've never had a tax issue, never had a sales and use issue with Slutty Vegan since the inception of my business in 2018. Yes, I love the way you put that, that it was tuition. It was like at the school of hard knocks. Absolutely. (laughs) In reflecting in these fires, you recommend, which I love to entrepreneurs, to have an A-team assembled for moments like this the triple A battery. So the attorney, the accountant, and the assistant. Talk to me about why you need this triple A battery. So let's start with the accountant, obviously. The accountant will make sure that your books are aligned at where they need to be because it's just so important to be financially responsible and to have somebody that knows numbers. Because let me tell you what I learned. A lot of entrepreneurs really don't know numbers like we think because Most entrepreneurs are creatives first. And I'll be the first to say, I'm a creator first. Like I'm the creative brains. I'm the creative genius. I'm coming up with all the ideas. Like when it comes down to the numbers and crunching the numbers, I know that part is necessary, but I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this again. So the accountant is so necessary for so many reasons because it's my safe space. So things that I still don't understand to this day, my accountant can go in and say, hey, no, this is not right. Hey, take a look at this. What is going on? And it really is like my screen door to the front door, right? So that's the first person. Then you got my attorney. And if you are an entrepreneur, it is imperative to have an attorney, not just for the level of just to say you have one, right? You need somebody to look over your contracts and make sure that your business is protected because we live in a world where everybody wants to sue, okay? People get sue happy. And unless you are fully protected in your business, somebody will sue your ass. Okay, so you need to make sure that you're protected, (laughs) okay, from any lawsuits. And I will be the first person to say that, you know, a lawsuit was pulled on me for a reason in the business that happens in most restaurants. But having the proper attorney will be able to protect you from things like that. So when they do happen, no matter what it looks like on the Internet, you're still safe. And then the attorney also is really just a safety net for you to make sure that you have all the legitimate documents that you need, like the NDAs, the confidentiality agreements, making sure that you're not signing your life away because, you know, there's a lot of fine print when you sign a lot of paperwork. And most people really aren't reading everything unless you have an attorney that really understands that language. The last piece is the assistant. I never knew how important an assistant was until I could afford one. (laughs) And everybody might not be able to afford an assistant in the beginning. 
But what an assistant does for me is an assistant allows me to do research in the moments that I cannot. My assistant does my schedule so that I don't have to focus on, okay, what do I have to do today? All I got to do is show up so that my conscience is clear. My mindset is open so that I can do interviews like this and have clear conversations with you and not be thinking about what I got to do at 5.30 and 6.30. So an assistant is that person that really is like a clone of you to be able to like support you in getting to the goal, whatever that goal is. If the goal is getting to a billion dollar brand, if the goal is to make sure that you have a successful company, if the goal is to make sure that all of your affairs are in order, an assistant is necessary and not just a regular assistant. It has to be an assistant who has experience in dealing with the busy schedule because my schedule is so very busy. Like I literally have like six to seven events that I do all day, every day, and I couldn't probably get half of it done without somebody really staying on top of that for me. So that AAA battery is so necessary. And making sure that you always keep the juice in those batteries is the recipe for success. When you couldn't afford assistant, did you make one up? I did. I invented a fake assistant. Um, when I couldn't afford an assistant, I had like friends and family helping me. But I was fortunate enough that Slutty Beacon hit so fast that I had no choice but to get help early. Right. So like even if I didn't want to get an assistant, I'm like, I need the help. So I had my first assistant came on as an intern. So she was being my assistant. She was doing my social media. And do you know, five years later, this woman is now the business manager for Slutty Beak. And she has been with me for the last five years. How did you guys connect? Instagram. My favorite place. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. So did you put out that you were hiring? No, she was a super fan, which I love. Oh, she slipped into she your She was a super fan. She wouldn't leave me alone. She would come to all of the food truck events. And I'm like, this Aww. is the kind of dedication I need. That's something else for the people who are listening to this. You want to have people around you that have the same ethos as you, the same energy and passion that you do. Because she was just as passionate as me and it wasn't her business, I'm like, oh, she's somebody that I need to have in a mix. And now she has equity in my company, right? She's a vital asset to me and my personal life. And she does the business management for the business and my personal because we've built a level of trust over the years because she's maintained that level of energy and passion for the brand and for Pinky Cole. And you can't pay for that. It's invaluable for sure. So would you suggest to other entrepreneurs to hire from Instagram? It's something our team talks about a lot too, because like they know the brand, they know your voice already. So let me tell you, this is a catch 22, right? I've hired a lot of people on Instagram by way of Instagram. And the reason why is because we're all in our phone. We live in a day and age of technology, right? And like that is our number one form of communication. I grew up in the MySpace era, okay? So like we would log you in and, me and check the top five and then log out and go outside. AOL, right? Instant AOL, Messenger, dial up. Kicks. Like, yes. That was my era. So I know what it feels like not to have to be consumed by the internet. And then I also know what it feels like to be consumed by the internet, right? So what I realized is when you're looking for quality people, why would you look anywhere else outside of the place that everybody is at? So when I'm looking for something specific, if you've ever looked at my page, I always go online and say, hey, I'm looking for a director of this. I'm looking for so-and-so. And I get a pool of candidates, right, that are interested. I mean, do I have to go through like a whole book of people who are interested? Absolutely. But there are some diamonds in that pile that have come on board with my company that are still with me till this day. That's the plus to it. Now, there's a downside to it. I'll be honest, right? The downside is, is 
Some of the time, the people that you find on Instagram, they want something fast. And sometimes they probably don't have the level of expertise that you need because the people who have that kind of expertise, they're not always just sitting in front of their camera or their phone all day, every day. So it's a blessing and a curse. I would say try it if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you're starting out. And then when you're starting out, you don't always have to pay first, right? Like barter up, offer some phantom equity, some sweat equity, some phantom equity for people to help you grow your brand. Hey, I can't pay you today, but if you help me grow this company, I'll give you 2% that'll vest after a year and a half. And then you own some equity in the company and we can build together. Like people like those sort of things because if you are dedicated and willing to grow with a brand that you see is exploding right in front of your face, it may be worthwhile to you to take an offer like that. So that's interesting. The Catch-22, basically, the downside is that the Instagram fans, I guess, see this big, sparkly, fast-growing company. They want to be part of it. They want to get on the rocket ship. But you said you also hired friends and family who, I guess, knew you pre-Slutty Vegan, knew you during the dark days of the grease fire and the wage garnishment. So have having those people around been helpful, too, so they understand Pinky Cole before Pinky Cole? Well, I will never hire a family member again. <laughs> oh, tell me more. Been there, done that. Um, oh. And it might work for some people. It just doesn't work for me. I've always been the youngest. I've always been the baby in the family. And, you know, family and close friends still look at you as the baby in the family, no matter what. Like, you know, the psyche of it all. Like you grew up with somebody, you know, y'all getting your pampers changed together, taking showers and baths together. And then when you grow up, you still have that picture in your mind. But now I'm running a business and I've learned my lesson the hard way. I love my family very much, but we do not do business together. We can play together. We can have fun together. But I realize that if it's not done right, you can really destroy some valuable relationships. And I know people that are successful in having their family members work for them. But as for me and my house, <laughs> it does not work. And I like to keep it that way. And just setting a different set of boundaries. There is no friends in business for me right? Like I'm not your friend when it's time to work. I'm a grizzly bear. Like I'm the type of person, Nicole, where like when it's time to get to work, like I'm not laughing with you. I'm not playing with you. We're going to get it done. And then we can play later. Everybody doesn't always have that mindset. But when you have the people who have that mindset, they understand the bigger picture and the mission. And the mission is to grow a sustainable and scalable company that people can appreciate, that they will take seriously, that you can one day package up and sell to the highest bidder or whatever it is that you want to do with it. I'd love to zoom into the moment where you are like, I am going to keep going. I'm not going to be done. I'm not going to quit this entrepreneurial journey. This is not where this ends. Failure is going to happen, right? Bad things are going to happen. Bean bumps and hurdles are going to happen. You're going to go broke sometimes when you're an entrepreneur. Sometimes you're going to try to figure out how you're going to pay these bills or how you'll pay these employees. So that's the inevitable. I think that that is the art of the business, right? And if you don't go through those things in business, good for you. But I feel like there's a level of integrity that you build when you go through some challenges in business. And I'm not saying that you've got to struggle, right? Like you've got to go through the hustle and bustle because you don't have to. But if you do as an entrepreneur, just know that that is an opportunity for you to get better. So for the entrepreneurs that are trying to navigate through entrepreneurship and trying to figure out like, what do I do next? Like, why isn't this working for me? Just understand that the bigger picture is that it's working. You just have to understand and identify the lesson that you're learning along the way. 
And I've learned so many lessons. So like I can proudly say these things like I go do a damn hurdle every day. But my mindset has shifted. My mindset used to be like, oh, why me? Why is this happening to me? To, okay, this is happening. What do I learn from this? How can I navigate through this tribulation and get past this? And how is this going to make me better? So I believe it's all about your mindset and just embracing the fact that things are going to happen. But when things happen to you, just know that they're happening for you just to make you better. Well, hold on. So after the whole fire debacle, you went, it sounds like you went back into casting and back into TV. So there was a moment where you're like, I can't take the heat. I'm going to step out of this business. Well, it wasn't like I couldn't take it. What happened is I'm telling you, that's why divinity being in alignment. When I say things happen for you, because while I was depressed and my car got repoed and I got kicked out of my business and everything was crumbling right in front of me, I got a call from a TV show ex. And if I wanted to be a supervising producer for a show on the own network. Right. So that happened for me while I was in the midst of this uncomfortableness. And when that happened for me, like it just naturally just took me away from the restaurant temporarily for two years. And then I got back in it. But I needed that to happen because it was almost like I was going back in the gym. You know, when you start the gym and it's hard at first and it's like tough, like, oh, I'm tired. Like I'm on a treadmill and I can't do these five miles today. But like eventually, once you condition your mind, you'll be able to do it. And that's what happened to me. So when those two years from working in TV came to an end and I started slutty vegan, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to do this. And I didn't realize that I had the mental fortitude to do it, but I was ready. And, you know, my favorite line, Nicole, is like, when you stay ready, you ain't never got to get ready. At that time, (laughs) I was running every day. I was reading a book a day. I was getting my mind right. And I think that the universe did that on purpose so that when Slutty Vegan came along, I was mentally prepared. I was physically prepared. And I would just had the energy and the drive to be able to do it again, despite of what happened to me a couple of years ago in New York City. Did you know that you wanted to get back into it then? Or did you look at this opportunity as, okay, I'm going to take this money. I'm going to take this gig. I'm going to get back on my feet. I'm going to get it together. I'm going to feel good. And then who knows what's going to happen next? Or did you have that mission and that vision in your mind that you were going to start a restaurant empire? So I'm not a loser, right? And I don't like to start things that I cannot finish. So when that happened, I'm like, oh, this can't be it. Like, I'm the person that everything that I touch is going to turn to gold, whether you like it or not. And when that restaurant fell apart, I felt like a quitter. I felt like, why me? Like, I'm telling you, honestly, at that moment, I'm like, why did this happen to me? Like, I always put my mind in something and I achieve it. Like, I'm 28. I got a 401k. I got all these big things. And it didn't happen the way that I wanted to. So I knew that I had some unfinished business. So although I jumped back in TV, I knew that there was some business that needed to be completed. I didn't know it was going to be a restaurant again. Because when I came up with Slutty Vegan, even my mother was like, you sure you want to do that? And like, my friends were like, okay. Like, you know, what happened? That level of stress that you dealt with, you sure you want to go through that stress? And I must be insane because the restaurant industry is one of the hardest industries to be in. But I knew I had unfinished business. And I'm glad that I pushed forward because it really changed my entire life, Nicole. I'm talking about like, I went from working as a casting director to now having 13 locations to having one of the most popular companies in the country, to being in the forefront of the vegan community and movement and making people, whether you are black, white, yellow, blue, be interested in veganism. But once upon a time, universally, people weren't talking about going vegan. 
So to be able to be a change agent in that way, this is bigger than money. To be able to do that, I knew that there was unfinished business. And when it came in the vessel of a restaurant, now when I have my full picture moment, I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you for what you did. When you told your mom about it, was she like, "Mm, because it was a restaurant, because it was another business or because of the name? She just saw how stressed I was. And, um, you know, there weren't many people around me that could actually help. Like I did GoFundMes and stuff, but like the kind of money that I needed, like the people around me couldn't really afford to help me in the way that they wanted to. So, you know, she was just doing what a mother did, just being concerned. My mother worked the same job for 37 years, plus she was an entrepreneur. So although she has the entrepreneur age, she also plays it very safe. I've always been a risk taker. So I'm like, nothing beats trial but a failure. I'm going to try this thing and I'm going to throw it on a wall and then something got to stick. And if it don't stick, I'll just start over and do it again. But she was fine with the name. She loved the name. <laughs> and now she's the most proudest. My mother's the like biggest fan. She's she over the moon. So you had unfinished entrepreneurial business. That's what it sounds like. Like you were like, this is not how my entrepreneur story is going to end. Absolutely. I'm like, this ain't my story. I am going to leave a mark on this world. I just didn't know that it was going to come in the form of vegan burgers and fries and pies. (laughs) Hold on to your wallets. Money Rehab will be right back. Do you ever get FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, do you ever get FOMO Tupita, fear of missing out on the perfect hire? If so, I have the antidote. It's LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites, and that adds up to a serious squad of awesome candidates. LinkedIn has over a billion professionals on the platform, and these candidates are super qualified. So much so that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. I work with LinkedIn Jobs for all of my dream team needs, so they're hooking up money rehabbers at linkedin.com slash MNN. Go there and you can post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash MNN, as in Money News Network, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Money rehabbers, you have money hidden in your house. Yeah, just hiding there in plain sight. Okay, so I don't mean you have gold bars hidden somewhere in walls, treasure map style, but you do have a money-making opportunity that you're just leaving on the table if you're not hosting on Airbnb. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. By hosting your space, you are monetizing what you already own. It doesn't get easier than that. For me, hosting on Airbnb has always been a no-brainer. When I first signed up, I remember thinking to myself, self, you pay a lot of money for your house. It is time that house returned the favor. And to get real with you for a sec, I felt so much guilt before treating myself on vacation because traveling can be so expensive. But since hosting on Airbnb, I feel zero stress for treating myself to a much needed vacation because having Airbnb guests stay at my house when I'm traveling helps offset the cost of my travel. So it's such a win-win. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And now for some more money rehab. You have many awesome quotes in your book. One that I really love is because many of us weren't trained in the world of entrepreneurship, we often take the losses personally because nobody told us that it's just business. So how do you not take loss personally? I used to take it very personal. And I still have my moments, right? You know, I'm an honest entrepreneur. But then I got to check myself look in the mirror sometimes and be like, okay, get it together and snap out of it. Like, 
I'll have my snap out of it moments because I realize at the end of the day, nobody cares. Nobody cares about the fact that you're crying in business. Nobody cares about the fact that like you're emotional because somebody did or said something you didn't like. Don't nobody give a damn. You just got to keep going. And as long as you keep going and understand that mental fortitude will strengthen your mindset all the way around, then you can be able to pour your cup into other people's cup. You can pour into other people, but you can't pour from an empty cup if you're emotional, right? You can't be a good leader if you're emotional. And I had to learn that the hard way because I'm talking about, I used to be emotional, okay? I'm like, it's not about the money, it's my business. And then I realized, I'm like, it is about the money because you got to pay your bills. You got to be able to pay employees. You got to be able to keep the doors open. Like, And if you listen to my earlier interviews, I probably didn't say that. But as I'm evolving as an entrepreneur at elevation and growth and building new relationships, I realized that in business, you got to keep your poker face on because you got to have that strategy. And if you don't have that strategy, then your emotions will take over. And there's no way that you can have a successful business that way. Well, listen, if you don't make money, it's not a business. Yeah, it's a charity. It's a hobby. Hobby. Right. And I don't want no hobby. Right. I have enough hobbies. My <laughs> hobby is the Pinky Cole Foundation. I don't need another hobby. I'm good. My hobby is my kids. I love my babies. Okay. Like I hang out with my kids. But business is business. And as long as we identify that business is not personal, there are no friends in business, there should be no emotions in business, then we'll be a lot better off. Well, I'm not sure if I agree with those, but I do know that for business, you must optimize for money because otherwise you actually textbook do not have a business. I'd love to dig into some of the financials since the disasters happened with the first restaurant. Did that affect how you budgeted for Slutty Vegan? Did you have a more robust break in case of emergency fund when you were starting? I'm assuming you had all the insurances, like you optimized for all the lessons you learned, but did you overcompensate for the oh shit fund? I'm very frugal to a fault. People will be like, Pinky, all right, come on, give it up. I'll give you an example, totally transparent. We did a $25 million raise. I saw my bank account like $25 million at one time. Oh my God. And I got cheaper, right? While everybody around me, my team was like, okay, so we're going to do this fund and, and everybody gets a gas car. I'm like, no, I got cheaper because, and there was a little fear there, I'll be honest, because I'm like, I don't want to lose this. Eminem, a wise philosopher once said, (laughs) you only get one shot, do not miss your chance to blow because opportunity comes once in a lifetime. And that was like in the back. That's one of my favorite songs, my favorite artists. That was in the back of my mind. I'm like, you only get this one shot to get it right. And if you fumble this bag, then nobody is ever going to believe in you again to do it again. And I mean, I don't know what like traumatizing thought process that was, but it was my thought process. So Till this day, I'm still very frugal. I'm not materialistic. I don't buy a lot of things. When it comes to my business, I like to squeeze the lemon because I believe that if you can do it without all this money, you should be able to still do it the same way with the money. And obviously you got added resources, but like you ain't got to go wide and you ain't got to like do all of these things where you just run it through money. That is how businesses fall apart. And I didn't want to be one of those businesses. Yeah, but you're also now prioritizing the things that used to be nice to haves as need to haves, like the AAA battery. My need to haves is getting C-suite executives, right? I just brought on a COO. I just brought on a CFO. 
I promoted my um, chief revenue officer to president of the company. I just hired a new HR director. Like those are necessities. That is what I want to do with the money. And then opening locations, like it costs over $800,000 to open up a slutty vegan location. That shit is not cheap, right? So those things have to get paid for. But just really prioritizing what's most important in business as you grow and scale. I have never scaled a business in my life. So when I said earlier in this program that I'm like, I still don't know everything, have the time. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I wasn't lying because there's so many things that I still need to learn. But now I utilize that funding to be able to bring in the proper expertise to be able to help me along the way. Now, ideas, I'm coming up with ideas all day long, right? Like I'm coming up with creative ways to market my brand, to get people to love it. But now I got the money people on this side. That's my dream team. That's making sure that all the bills are paid, that all the taxes are paid, that our cogs and our goods and like that we aren't spending too much money on products and that we're getting our labor down. Like I didn't always know that. If any entrepreneur tells you they know all the things, you should run the other way because they are lying. Yes. I still get to learn along the way. And and that's what keeps me in love with the business because every day is something new. Like every day, even if it's a challenge, it's something new. Even down to like making sure that like my best practices are always in place. And I used to be the CEO where like I would talk to the employees and like tell them personal things about like, how you doing? Like and get into their personal life. And I backfired only before, right? So like now I just make sure that we operate in best practices and everything that we do. And like nobody gives you a rule book on how to do that. I mean, you can read a couple of books and like learn some of this stuff. But like you really got to get in the trenches to really understand it, especially in the restaurant business, especially during the pandemic. Like the height of my business was during the pandemic. And what I'm so fortunate about, Nicole, is that my husband is also a restaurateur. The cutest little power couple I ever saw. It's my baby. You know, I just got married, by the way. I know. So, Congratulations. So, so he has his business and like he's taking the franchising route and I'm taking the corporate route. But we get to learn from each other in business and we just learn new things every single day. OK, but hold on. Back to like why not asking people how they are. What backfired? More fires? I'm a professional firefighter. At Damn. This OK, so I have a problem. I'll be honest. OK, so like. I don't do it anymore because I, I can't do it anymore. But I would be the person that I'd be cash apping my employees like cash. Like, hey, you know, if they give me like a story of, on like how, you know, it's hard for them to like pay the bills and blah, blah, blah. So obviously I got a heart and like it's beyond the business for me at the time. And I'm like, OK, I'll cash app you. And one of the employees that I cash app tried to sue me when I was trying to make have money in their pocket. And, and that was when I was super emotional. I'm like, I was trying to help you. And I realized that I couldn't do that anymore. And that's my foundation all day long, right? Like I'll push all of those things over to the foundation and keep a super structure. But like, I can't be taking money out my personal pocket and like putting it in the pocket of an employee just because of the liability purposes and to protect them, to protect me. And I've learned that lesson along the way too. So many lessons that I get to learn. So you have a mantra that you recommend for entrepreneurs when disaster strikes. You say, I overflow with possibilities and I will dream again. What does that mean to you? I'm a big dreamer. And just because bad things happen does not mean you should dim your light. And transparency moment again. The New Yorker did a nine pager on me, right? So that was probably like one of the biggest moments in my career. 
And then the very next day, I had the cover of Jet Magazine. And I'm on the cover. It's in Target. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm having this super run, girl. I'm like, I'm on fire. You know, that's on this girl that's in fire. So I'm just like, woo. And then the very next day, it was really a fire because I'm all over the news, everywhere after the Golden Globes. Pinky Cole, a slutty vegan, is getting sued for unpaid wages. And I'm like, what? So, like, I'm hearing it for the first time. Like, they're hearing it for the first time. I'm like, oh, what? Like, I'm checking my books. Like, how is this even possible? Like, and when I tell you, it dimmed my light for a second. And it dimmed my light because I'm so very passionate. And I love my business so very much. And for a second, a millisecond, I felt like I was falling out of love with my business. And a true entrepreneur will tell you the truth that we go through these in and outs, right? Like you love your business, but then there's moments that you just get tired, that you want to throw the towel in sometimes. And that was the first time that ever happened to me because I was angry about it. I'm like, my business, that's so good for the community. We help so many people. We blah, 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 blah. But remember what I told you, don't nobody care. But guess what that meant for me? That meant things are going to happen, but you can never stop dreaming. And I just got back to a place, I'll be honest. I just got back to a place where I started falling back in love with my business. And I had to practice what I preached. And what I preached was, in the midst of everything else, just never stop dreaming. And it may look bad, it may hurt sometimes, but you just got to keep dreaming because guess what? As long as you keep dreaming, your imagination will keep going and you'll be able to manifest all the things that you think about. So hopefully that testimony just now that I shared really blessed somebody because like in real time, I'm coming back to a place where like it's the honeymoon phase all over again. Like I love my business all over again. And like we dating again. And it's just like we talking on the phone till four in the morning again. Like if you know what I mean. Metaphor, You're making out hot and heavy. You're making out like yep. butterflies butterflies <laughs> we end our episodes with a tip listeners can take straight to the bank i'm sure you have so many but you have just one of your main money tips that listeners can use to save invest or invest in themselves or to help with financial anxiety create a reserves account i like to call the reserves account like the rainy day fund like we talked about so if you have a business and you're making a certain amount of money, find a percentage to put in that reserves and, and that reserves account could be like a stock account as well. So anytime you put money in there, it automatically invests into a portfolio. So your money is making money for you while you put your money in these reserves. And that was the best thing that I could have ever done because if I ever have a rainy day, I can always pull out against it. Like I could sell off some of the shares and pull out against it, but it's always accruing interest and it's always accruing money within that portfolio. So get you a reserves account, get you a, a financial advisor that can do it. And if you don't really understand how to do it, a financial advisor, do one of the brokerage firms can help you. Money Rehab is a production of Money News Network. I'm your host, Nicole Lappin. Money Rehab's executive producer is Morgan Lavoy. Our researcher is Emily Holmes. Do you need some money rehab? And let's be honest, we all do. So email us your money questions, moneyrehab at moneynewsnetwork.com to potentially have your questions answered on the show or even have a one-on-one -on -one intervention with me. And follow us on Instagram at moneynews and TikTok at moneynewsnetwork for exclusive video content. And lastly, thank you. No, seriously, thank you. Thank you for listening and for investing in yourself, which is the most important investment you can make.